Ryan. Morning, Ryan, here with you today. We'll talk some NBA. We will talk as well about a whole bunch of other stuff as well uh, on the short thing. Very vague uh, at the beginning, but definitely some NBA. And we'll talk a little NFL as well. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeart Radio Podcast, or on the iHeart Radio app under the podcast section under the Shore Thing. Thanks everybody for listening. Go tell your friends about it as well. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well, man. Uh, you know, back to the grind. Another Monday. Uh, had a good weekend with the family. Obviously, celebrating the first Mother's Day with Jamie and uh, and the boy. So uh, we're good. We're back at it. That's right because. Uh, we're coming up on the one year, right? Yeah, in yeah, in, in next month. Yeah, so you got it was right. Was was it before Father's Day? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so you already had your first Father's Day. So. I did. Yeah, yeah. Jamie was on the odd. Well, what is it? Odd timeout. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just a whatever. That's life. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a. Good thing you know what we did on Mother's Day. Did you go golfing again? Of course we did. <laughs> um, we I went over my uh, parents in the morning, watched the F1 race there, uh, bought breakfast, and then we went to golf. And golf was like three hours and 30 minutes, 25 minutes, and we still had to wait on the back nine because guess what? Not a lot of people play golf on Mother's Day, especially when you tee off at like 1130. Uh, so it was great. That's um, awesome. Who uh, who ended up winning that F one race? Lewis Hamilton. Four and zero, baby. I mean, it's really not hard to pick an F one winner. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not hard, but guess what? I'm four and zero plus money almost every time, so we're we're looking good. <laughs> I, you're bragging like you're onto something. You're really not. I'm not feeling like defensive guy. It's, it's, or whatever, it's a bit, it's Warren. Like, it's a bit. It's a I bit. I know it is a bit, but it's really not hard. It's literally two people in races so far in F1: Verstappen or Hamilton. Maybe I got. Maybe I. Maybe I figured something out here. Maybe you did figure something out. But uh, the F1 weight race, everyone trashes the the, Span- the Spanish track, and I can see why. Kind of a boring track, but uh, Mercedes flexed the muscles on the uh, on the strategy yesterday. Just as I that- expected. Huh? Just as I expected they would. <laughs> yeah. Just as you expected, they definitely caught Red Bull off guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lewis had to pick up 25, what was it? He had to pick up 26 seconds on Max in the last 28 laps um, on new medium tires. And he passed him with like six laps ago. It wasn't even close. And Max really couldn't even put up a fight and I always love the post-race interviews they get out of there and uh like Verstappen was the first guy to be uh interviewed and he goes yeah well you know we kind of saw it coming like right after they pitted and we didn't answer you know we we kind of thought we were going to lose so second we just don't have the fastest car it's not a big deal whatever we'll 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 move on to the next race so it's just so funny um but like it also is disappointing because the whole team thing, like it. Well, one of my buddies texted me, who's just got, watched the documentary, and has watched the last couple of races. Just he missed the first race of the season, but he's watched like the last three. And he texts me, he goes, he goes, the races suck, 
the same people win the entire race. And I was like, well, you have to, one, you have to care about the strategy of the race, and you also have to have interest in who finishes 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th, and 11th, and 12th. So, like, who gets a point? Top 10 gets a point, or gets in the points. And then 10th through 20 don't get the points. So, yeah, the winner is probably going to be Hamilton Verstappen or maybe uh, Valtteri Bottas on an off week who also drives for Mercedes. But you have to... One, care about the strategy of how they win because the cars are so hard to overtake. That's how they're designed. And then you have to care about the points. So if you care about the, the points, finishes, and everything, then it uh, then it does it. But I also told them, I'm like, hey, this is way more exciting. Yeah, I know Hamilton's won three races so far this year, but at least like it's way more competitive than what it was the last two or three years. Um, but it's Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you just have to get off the mindset of the winner is everything that matters in F1. Um, and as I say that, going into where they're not racing this week, but the next week is the Monaco Grand Prix, which is probably the top race on the circuit. Well, that in Italy, but Monaco track, it's like, it is the most boring race of the season. Like, it's a whole spectacle, like the party and like, all the yachts out there are awesome, but like, it's just old street circuit, and it the the race is really boring because that's really hard to overtake because the the um the circuit isn't very uh isn't very wide. But uh, that's talking F one. That's um, talking F one. Stay locked in here for all your winners. Yes, and you should watch Driver Survive if you haven't yet. Um. Cause it is very funny. Like three or four other of my friends I was talking about it and they're like, you know, I started F1. It's a really good show. Drive to survive. I was like, I mean, I've only been talking about it for two years. You think I would let people down on a good show? My gosh. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is, a that's a long winded way of saying yes. Went over to my parents' house to watch the F1 race and then we golfed and then we had dinner for mother's day. So good mother's day had by all I assume. Yes, indeed. Yes, but all right. Let's get to the NBA. Uh, the man is it. Is it fair to say that Luka Doncic is a liar, Ryan? Um, maybe uh, an embellisher a little bit. I think. I think embellisher kind of sums up his whole game, whether it's uh, defending himself post game or on the court. Well, I was going to say a liar because he didn't. He said he wasn't going to pick up another technical foul the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. And then he got ejected last night. Well, uh, did but it wasn't a. It wasn't a. Yeah, it, was it a wasn't flagrant. technically a technical foul. It was a flagrant too. So, so again, yeah, no, He's, I, I would say an embellisher. But he, I'm. I think I'm over. I'm over his act. And I, you could probably get the sense that I've been getting worn thin by him, but I'm, I'm over his, I'm over his bullshit on the court. Like, yeah, it, it is really just, he just comes off like this entitled little spoiled brat, and it's, and I mean, obviously he's an amazing player. He's a, enjoy, he's a, a joy to watch out there, but God, his antics are just, oh, it's just, it just. For me, it just it just turns. And I'm not even saying last night, like, 
oh, he punched Colin Sexton in the dick or tried to get him in the dick. It's the Cavs. The Cavs suck, and I don't even really like Colin. I mean, whatever. That has nothing to do with it. I'm just so tired. When do you see a superstar athlete just, like, behave like he'd, like, really behave? Is it? He's like with Draymond, I feel like, just, like, just carelessness out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it is. Uh, I I can I definitely agree with you where when you say he seems like he's a little entitled and he plays with this chip on his shoulder, like he needs to get every call and uh, you know refs need to call the game his way. Um, but when you look at a guy that's been in you know been in professional basketball for for since he was sixteen, um, you know it's. You see a lot of guys in the league after they've been in the league for a while. They do they they kind of get that same that same feeling. Um, and you know it's tough for him because he hasn't been in the league. He's just been playing professional basketball, obviously overseas. You know I don't want to bring this back to LeBron, but you know one of his favorite players is LeBron, and you can definitely tell some of his game has a little bit LeBronish tendencies uh, with with how plays are called or excuse me how how he reacts to to you know foul calls to to whatever it may be. Uh, and so I think that might have a little bit to do with it. I'm not going to say everything. I think some of it is on his own, but you, you know, you come in to Dallas, you're, you're turned over the team. You're the guy, uh, they ship out the guy who they thought was going to be the guy in Dennis Smith jr. Who he, I don't even know if he's still in the league anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so there, I think there's a, there's a, it's kind of, you know, culminated for all these different things, but I agree that, uh, when you say he's playing a little entitled, but his antics on the court. Draymond, I think, might be a stretch. I think he's, you know, he's maybe I don't I don't know who who to compare him to, but it's it is gonna he's gonna have to reel it in or it's gonna end up biting the Mavs in the ass real quick. Yeah, and it, oh I mean he definitely models his game after LeBron, and definitely you could see the tendencies of the both complaining after the calls, but and all that type of deal. Like total that's total from watching LeBron. And yeah, no, good point of him bringing like he he it's it he feels entitled because he he has put in the work of being a professional basketball player since 16 and people have only like really known him for the last 3 years since he's in the NBA so he mm-hmm. goes why am i not getting rewarded for all the work that i put in before the NBA and guess what people don't really care the people in the in America they don't care about the EuroLeague and yeah. in basketball like you just have to he has to deal with that and he's he's also obviously doesn't seem like he's a guy where it's not even like maybe he's so different from Dirk as a superstar. Like if Dirk had a bad call, yeah, he might you might get the chance where he would just he would react. I mean, everybody would react to a bad call, but it's like, all right, that's in the past. We move on. Like you could definitely tell that a bad call affects Luca a couple possessions later. And I mean, we saw time earlier this season he didn't get a call yelling at the ref goes back on defense so i think that's scored on or whatever and as he's bringing the ball up the court still yelling at the ref like that's right out of the out of the lebron playbook um but it's just like hey let's just you're still early in your career i get it you ha- he has to do a better job of compart uh mentalizing things and then Picking and choosing his battles of when he really wants to go on these, I don't want, just tangents, I guess, with the refs. It's just, he just is ready to go at all times, like high alert, when you just need to pick and choose with these guys. 
Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely a way to do, uh, you know, to get some calls in your favor by, uh, you know, I don't know if lashing out's the correct word, but uh, showing your frustration to refs. You know, there's there is a way to kind of manipulate them a little bit and kind of start looking for things and maybe start getting a few calls your way. But then there's a way to totally alienate them and them not want to give you anything. And I think he's definitely leaning that way a little bit more where the refs are going to kind of, you know, stick up their middle finger, say, screw you. I'm, you know, you're not getting any calls now, buddy. Uh, he thought it was worse before just wait. And so he's, I think that's part of his game that he's got to learn about being a pro in the NBA, being in the league is that, like you said, there, are, you got to pick your spots. You got to pick and choose on when to kind of lash out to show your frustrations, to show that, uh, you know, your, your anger. And then there's times where you just kind of, kind of swallow it, suck it up and keep it moving. And then maybe down the road, you know, you are able to maybe talk with the ref or, or, you know, pull them aside, which we see during timeouts all the time, star players talking to ref saying, Hey, either this is happening. I felt like this is happening. What, you know, yada, 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 whatever. And then they can, then refs start looking for stuff and slowly, but surely you start getting a couple more calls your way. He definitely has got to learn that as being a pro and being an NBA player. And he just hasn't yet. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's something he knows he can do. I don't know if that's something that Carlisle or maybe even Dirk, even though he's not around the team a whole lot can pull him in and teach him, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple other vets like JJ Redick. I don't know. Some other guys that have been in the league for a little bit, uh, to, to let them know, Hey, look, there's a way to get calls your way, but the way you're doing it is not it. And what the way you're doing it is hurting the team. It's not helping us at all. So you got to figure that out. And until he does that, it's going to be, it's going to continue being an issue. Uh, cause we mentioned on, on Thursday show that, you know, he picks up a couple more texts and he could be suspended for, uh, for a playoff game. Yeah, no, he's, if I think if he picks up one more tech, well, he'd be suspended for a regular season game. And then, um, after that, it's every two in the playoffs or every two going forward, you get suspended for a playoff game. And look, we both agree he is going to get suspended for a playoff game. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's going to get suspended for a playoff game because of the technical foul rules. Um, I mean, he's he's do you know who he's tied for the lead with in the technical fouls in the NBA this year? He doesn't have it solo. Um, let's see who else gets a hell of a lot of text. Draymond would be the easy answer, but it's not Draymond. He's fourth. Um, my only other best guess, but this guy doesn't get enough playing time would be Boogie. And I don't think it's him. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, um, Russell Westbrook. That's a terrible guess. I don't know. He's third. Okay. He's well, he's got the second most in the NBA. So the, he's tied. Luca is tied for the lead with Dwight Howard. Oh, Wow. Dwight Howard has 16 technicals this year. Wow. Uh, the top five is Luka and Dwight Howard at 16, Westbrook at 14, Draymond at 13. And do you have any idea who's at 12? Uh, West or East? West. Um, Chris Paul. He uh, is number eight, two behind Devin Booker, who was number five with 12 uh, technicals this year. I figured it had to be a son. Um, so, yeah, so Luca has a nice uh, – I wonder if they get a trophy, if they get a trophy for having most technical falls in a year. If they didn't get one for going 8-0 in the bubble, probably not. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably not. But, hey, this is an individual award. They always have uh, – trophies for individual awards but uh yeah no he's just in a they gotta i mean they're playing good basketball right now they're playing well without porzingis he's got a knee thing so they gotta hope to get that figured out for the playoffs they're they're 
magic number to avoid the uh, play-in is two games. So I would assume they're going to avoid the play-in spot since they've, they've taken advantage of a, of a, well, two easy games against the Cavs, but they also went on the road to beat the Heat and then uh, came back and beat Brooklyn at home. So they've won four out of, they've won four in a row and they've won seven out of eight. And the only loss is against the Kings, who we've talked about is, uh, is just their arch nemesis right now, a thorn in the side of the Mavs. They just cannot beat them, but they're done. There's only four more games left, and then the playoffs get started on the 22nd, so 12 days from uh, 12 days from now, and the playing game starts uh, a week from tomorrow, whoever whoever that may be. And I, I really do think, so we've been talking about this and how, like, oh, Luca. He was complaining about the playing game. Then LeBron is playing is complaining about the playing game because they're both in it or the playing tournament. Um, but if you are gonna have the Lakers, Warriors, and Celtics in the playing tournament, like people think, like, oh, this is a bad idea. The league office is gonna be there jumping for joy for this. Like this is the best case scenario out there, especially if it's L.A. And the Warriors in the 7-8 game, like, uh, they're going to be doing cartwheels and just popping champagne in New York at the league office. You, why is that? Because it's going to be a ratings bonanza. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I thought there was, I thought there was a different angle there that you were taking. No, but they're like, everyone complained about it. And now right. look at, look at the teams that they got in there. And now part yeah. of it is. Yes, if LeBron and AD were healthy the whole season, the Lakers would not be in the uh, in the seven spot. They would not be in the fight. But I mean, they're getting two, three marquee teams potentially in the playing spot, and that the whole thing was to get extra revenue and to get to help out the TV ratings. And that is, I mean, this is this is great. And then you could even say if the if the Pelicans get hot. They could kick the Spurs out of there, and you get Zion in. That would be well. Zion might be out for a little bit now with well, his fractured finger, for sure. But you get the Pelicans in there with the potential for Zion if he can play with the fractured finger. Mm-hmm. Then you like that is that's that's great. The only thing I've been looking at through this whole thing, uh, you know, the last week or so, is how I knew this is exactly what was going to happen. The Suns are going to get the two seed. They're going to play a full Lakers, a fully healthy Lakers team and get knocked down the first round. I mean, I saw this coming a mile away. I saw this. Go back and listen to the show a month ago. I knew this exactly exactly what was going to happen. They get uh, housed by the Lakers yesterday uh, with AD dropping 42 on them. They lose by 13. And now LeBron's coming back. You know, we'll see how well the ankle holds up. Obviously, I think he only played one or two games before he had to go out again. He's supposed to return either tomorrow or Wednesday. But that's kind of just been the whole thing I've been looking at. Um as far as this playing uh, fiasco thing goes. But, uh, you know, we talked about LeBron saying how there should be uh, a play-in tournament to get in the in the uh, 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 playoffs last year. He was saying how great of an idea it was. And now that he's in it, he's like, he's backtracked a little bit like, this is stupid. Whoever does it should be fired. And everyone's giving him shit. It's like, oh, you're going back on your, you know, you're going back on what you said earlier. I think they, you know, people need to maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Like, yeah, maybe he thought it was a good idea. And then now that he's in, he's like, holy shit, actually, wait, this, this is not a good idea at all. You know, we need to, we need to get rid of this immediately. Uh, you know, allow a guy to change his mind one time. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it is going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you get 
uh, like you said, a couple marquee matchups. You, and then you get a couple uh, really good players in there. You get uh, John Morant if he's if Memphis is able to hold on to that ninth spot, you know, to be in the play-in game. Uh, so, you know, you, you it's definitely going to pull a lot of eyes as far as this Western Conference uh, play-in tournament goes. Uh, and, and over in the East, you know, you're going to get, looks like right now you're getting Boston, you're getting LaMelo and the Hornets, uh, you know, you're getting Westbrook and Bradley Bill in Washington. So, I mean, all in all, you're talking about pulling eyes. I mean, I think this is lined up perfectly for the NBA as long as it holds the way it is right now. But also, wasn't the play-in tournament a little different last year? Like, yeah, the, like the, what they discussed was different. It wasn't. It wasn't what they what what ultimately became of it, which we're seeing now. Uh, whereas the top seed wins one, it's done. If the bottom seed wins one, they go go to one more. But there was it was it was a different format. Yes, I think it was just between eight, nine, and ten, and nine would face ten. And then the winner of that would face eight. And then if eight won, then it's over. But then if eight lost, then they would play again. Right. So this is now just bringing in an extra team in the seventh spot. So if if LeBron is smart, he should say, hey, you know what? I like the idea. And I think LeBron said this that, And even Luca to an extent, they both said, we don't mind the playing game if it's just eight, nine, and ten. But why is the seventh seed... They're really not on the they they have a, a one spot cushion. Why are they being brought into this uh, this scenario rather than it's just be the eight, nine and ten seed? No, Which yeah, for sure. They do I mean, have valid points on it, but this will bring more revenue and have more eyeballs on it. No, I agree. And I think if they maybe, uh, you know, made a, made a little bit of a modification to the rule, because like you look at the Lakers right now, they're three full games of, uh, ahead of the, the Warriors. So I would say if maybe if it's a tie or they're within one game, then you lump in the, the seven seed. But when you have a comfortable lead like the Lakers do with three games with, I think, three games to go, if I'm not mistaken, they got four games left to play. Uh, the Lakers do, uh, you know, the chance of them going on four with with the uh, and the, the Warriors have have four games left as well Two, two of them one of them against utah one of them against phoenix so you look at the schedule there i mean obviously you still got to play those games but if if they're saying that like why is a seven seed getting lumped in here i would agree with that because the lakers do have a, a comfortable lead and they're not on the brink of missing the playoffs uh like the like the warriors could be yeah and then last year too i think it was if you're in a certain amount of games back behind this thing i think it was a weird i mean last year was just weird in general yeah, they're just um, trying to throw some against the wall, see what's stuck. Yes, and I mean, this is definitely going to be here to stay. I don't think anybody is is if if. And I also think part of this, they also said, since it's a shortened season, obviously they're, um, they're they're doing the playing game. But if you don't think when they go back to the eighty-two game schedule next season that the, the the playing game is is gone, then you are crazy. Like it also is adding more intrigue to the end of the regular season rather than just playoff matchups and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so these, those people are crazy if they think it is going to uh, end there. All right. We will. Uh, so last week we'll talk a little baseball here. Last Thursday, we talked about, well, how many more no hitters we have for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, what do you know? One day later, we get another no hitter. Uh, so we only need, I, I'm, I, I really think we're going to see an unprecedented amount of no hitters this year. Yeah. Um, and I told you after the Indians got perfect or almost got perfecto, they got no hit that I didn't, I say, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the scenario again, where it's like seven, eight, ninth inning. And we're staring down the barrel of another no hitter. 
did. And that was the first thing I thought of uh, when uh, when I saw that Wade Miley threw that through that perfect or excuse me, through the no hitter. I was like, who is it against? And sure enough, I saw it and I was like, holy shit. And that was the first thing I thought of was you saying, uh, you know, I won't be surprised if they if they get no hit again this year. And sure enough, here they and are. And you were probably like, oh, you're just saying that to cover your bases or whatever. No, 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 no. I mean, you've been saying for quite a while now, even back when Lindor and, and uh, Jose Ramirez were mashing that outside of, you know, a couple guys, they just could not hit. And you hated the bunting and you hated all that. And so you've been saying, look, credit to you, you've been on it for, for a minute. So, uh you know, you saying that I, I fully believed that you believed it. And sure enough, here we are. Now, if you would have told me Wade freaking Miley wouldn't know hit them, <laughs> I but but I I would have I would have uh been surprised, but he is the pitcher that just the type of pitcher, the lefty that throws like ninety, but Scott a pretty good change up and I'll just, he'll, he was mixing it up. I mean, I pretty much watched the whole game Friday night and it, around about the fourth inning. I was like, Oh, this is, we're, we're in a little bit of trouble here. Like you kind of the no hit radar gets going off a little bit and you're like, Oh, this is uh pitch counts there. We're just swinging early pitches, but he's the type of, he's the type of pitcher like Rodon throws harder 95, 96, but he's got a devastating change up. And a pretty good like hooking curveball from the lefty that kind of is it's it's the back foot curveball pretty much that we can't hit. I got some numbers this is from the athletic Zach Meisel, who's the Indians B reporter. Hitters in 2020, 2021. I need these numbers from 2019. I need to go back and find them. Against the changeup, they're one six, they're batting 167. Their expected average is 202, so they go down in the league rank and expected average. And their slugging percentage is uh, 25th. Uh, in the league and expected averages just based on the quality of uh, contact. Um, so look, if you have a devastating changeup, like you, and you see the Indians on the schedule, you should be like, the, we're we're going seven shutout um, innings, and this is this is this is what we want to see right here. We we want to see we want to see the Indians hit. Uh, Indians on our schedule, like Lucas Giolito, he's got. Wouldn't you say he's got one of the best changeups in the game? He's got a great changeup. He dominates the tribe, obviously, because we can't hit the changeup. And uh, part of it might be, hey, you know what? The hitting coach has been here for like four years. Maybe we should probably change things up if we literally can't hit a changeup for four years. But uh, I do. We need to rethink the stance of uh, how many no hitters are going to be now the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, we what do we say over two and a half, and then a day later, so we that had... was going to be the four. That was going to be, um, because that was the third, fourth with fourth. with Bumgarner, yeah. but we weren't counting it. Um, that one, yeah, I think the, I think there might be like eight or nine no hitters. Oh, that sounds like a, that's a that lot sounds like ton. That's a lot. Yeah, but you say it out loud. I think like, I think if you said it like if it was like six, I think but six. That's only two more. Yeah, I know, but that's that's why it still feels reasonable. And shit, we're not even yeah. like I said, we're not even. I guess you could say not even to the middle of May technically, and no. we've already got we've already got uh four technically five, but again four official. Um, and so if you see if we see two more from now to the end of September, yeah, I mean, can we see can we see double digits? 
I was going to say that, but that's why I said eight because double digits sounds insane. Yeah. I, I don't know. Double digits sounds crazy. Like there's going to be 10 no hitters. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's crazy. I mean, pitching is, we talked about how pitching has gotten so much better. Guys are throwing so much harder. Uh, while I was watching the Yankee game, um, maybe it was yesterday or Saturday, uh, and they, they just dropped a little stat that, you know, and this is a long time ago to 2008, 13 years ago in that entire season balls over hundred miles an hour. There was only like maybe like 230 thrown. And up to this point in the season, there's already been like 350, like, you know what I mean? Like guys are, everybody throws hard as hell. Everyone throws like you, you know, average fastball, I think is like 95, 96 nowadays everyone throws hard everyone's got you know they're they're starting to work on these these back foot sliders like I said these vulcan change-ups that are coming in uh that's you know or they're still about 80 89 but then they're just falling off the table they don't really look like a change-up it's almost like a split finger change-up uh guys are just getting so much better and and like i said they're changing the way they pitch it's it's crazy they're just missing bats and uh i mean back to, for the indians no hitter i was way more mad at how the top of the ninth one of the the, the the defensive disaster of giving up three runs on a bunch of soft hit balls uh, off the glove of a nice opposite uh, field single, but just defensive mistakes rather than getting no hit. That's the other thing too. Yeah. People don't realize that, you know, you see no hitter, you're like, Oh man, it was a tie ball game going in the top of the ninth at zero. Yeah. And they get a ball off the glove that they can't get an out on second because it went off the pitcher's glove. Then they get a, a weak single. And then, they get a ball back to the pitcher and the shortstop and second baseman. No one's covering second base and he just throws it pretty much at the base and no one's there and a run scored. Like I was way more mad at that. And then people on Twitter were coming at me. I'm like, I'm way more mad at how the top of the ninth went, top of the ninth went than getting no hit. Cause if it's a zero, zero game going into the bottom of the ninth, first of all, if we get no, if we get no hit through nine, we, we still have a chance in the 10th that that doesn't happen. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't think they were going to get no hit if it was still zero zero going into the ninth, but um, I was like way way more upset than people were like, oh how this is embarrassing. We've been no hit twice in twenty three days. Sure, look, is it not a great stat to be no hit twice in twenty three days? Not ideal, but guess what? Last time I checked, we're still like eighteen and fourteen, and we just put up a ton of runs against the Royals, and then we have a one off game. Like guys, baseball's a long season. Like let's not. It's not great that we're getting no hit. You know what was also funny about Friday night? Sean Manai had a no hitter going to the eighth inning. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Manai, let's get this to overcome to just to on top of the uh, Indians on here. But it was like, guys, baseball's a long season. Like, just you can't, people can't get the, the problem now is everybody loves to overreact over one, over one game. And that is not how baseball is. You need the sample sizes, and it's just not—it's not a Twitter sport, unless you get to the playoffs. Because other than that, you're—if you have to say, "Oh, this guy's," if you're trying to make a good point on a player that nobody likes, like their sample size over their last thirty at bats, thirty-five at bats, is he's slugging this whatever, whatever? People are be like, "He sucks. He sucks. I'm not having it." And like, well, you know what? Like lately, he's actually swinging the bat pretty well. So, um. No, oh, yeah, it's not. like I tell my guys all the time. Baseball is a game of streaks. It's a game of ups and downs. You know, you're going to go 0 for 30. You might go, you know, 30 for 40 after that. You just never know. But, you know, you're right. Uh, Twitter is not a baseball sport, A, because all the Twitter baseball guys are just 
dorks and friggin' nerds that never played a meaningful game of baseball in their life past the age of eight. And then Twitter's also overreaction central where it's everything is absolutes. Everything is blown out of proportion. So that's exactly why baseball is not is not great for Twitter. Well, you aren't you aren't going to be happy because one of the things I was telling my my dad, we we all the if you look at the Indians lineup, there's like four or five dudes that are under 200, but one of them is uh, Cesar Hernandez, who has been hovering around 200 mark. But if you look at his expected batting average and like his hard hit and his barrel rate, like he's his expected batting average is like three uh, three ten. And he's barreling up a ton of balls. His BAPIP's high. He's really just hitting it hard at, at, at right-up guys. So he's getting very unlucky. So you have to think, like, water is going to find his level with him, and he's going to go on a hot streak. And he is starting to go on a hot streak. And every time I say that, I'm like, well, this is – with all the numbers here, like, it's good. To, it's nice to see. There is context if a guy in that scenario is batting around 200. But, hey, look at this. He's hitting the ball really hard. His contact rate is good and all this stuff. Like, it's going to come around. And then you're probably like, well, just prove it. I'm like, well, he is proving it. He's just getting unlucky. No, that's I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys that I play with, how I've gone through it, or guys that I coach, where they're just absolutely shitting on balls, just missiles. And either guys are making great plays at him, or it's right at a dude, or whatever it may be. And, like, there's a lot of times where uh, my, my leadoff hitter, he's this big, strong kid, uh, he will just absolutely fucking rope balls into the outfield, but it's right at somebody. It's just, and it, it, it's the best hit ball of the game, and it resulted in an out, and nobody remembers it because it wasn't out. But I can't tell you how many times that happens to guys. Like you said, they're they're barreling balls, they're just absolutely, you know, shitting on balls, but they're just getting unlucky. But eventually, like you said, water does find its level. Those balls start uh start finding the gaps start finding the holes start missing gloves things like that and then you get things rolling and it's like oh hey i'm finally hitting it's like buddy you've been hitting this entire time you just haven't had any luck yeah that's that's something that that people also then they don't like if you aren't into the i guess advanced stats or whatever they're like i don't want to hear this stat i just want to focus well there's always numbers to prove your point i guess if you want to uh do that but have you uh have you been watching a little bit of the Rangers? They not? got they got yeah, I've been watching a little bit of it. Uh I can't say I've been super locked in. I keep up with it whenever I'm up at the facilities. Uh we always have the game on there. Uh so I'm always able to kind of check in every now and then. But uh boys are playing some decent ball. Uh they got a fine in a, a Dallas Garcia. The right fielder. He yeah. is he what a find he is 28 year old he is quite the fine gallo's been off to a slow start power wise he's starting to pick it up a little bit i've been a nick solak guy he's he got off to a blazing hot start he's come back down a little bit but uh kiner falefa like they're five i don't think either of us thought may 10th they'd be 500 right now absolutely not but uh always i said they might lose 100 games yeah no look they still might lose 100 games <laughs> uh, but I would be honestly really surprised if they did lose a hundred games. I'm, and I'm not going to say they're going to, they're going to be oh competing for the wild card. Look, they're still a, they're still a 70 to 75 win baseball team, but like Kyle Gibson has turned in. He started seven games. The only game he didn't have a quality start in. He's had six quality starts was the opener when he gave up five runs in the first inning. Fulton Evich, we were talking about him at the beginning of the season Hey, he was an all-star in 2019. He's a if you're the Rangers, that is the type of pitcher 
you take a shot on because he could be here uh, going forward a little bit. He's had a solid. He's had a solid uh, season so far. I think so. He's been pretty solid. Dave Dunning. He's a guy from the White Sox. They got in the Lance Lynn trade. He's got a big time strikeout uh, per nine uh, rate at ten point five, which is what you like to see for him. He's 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 also very hot and cold. Like he'll go on like yesterday. I think he gave up one or two runs, had yeah. 11, 11 Ks. But then there's also the game where he'll sprinkle three or four runs in and have a couple's like high strikeout guy. But he's a high volatility. It's either really really good or really uh, it's not great. But then like Jordan Lyles, he stinks and uh, Arihara. He's on the DL. He's been hurt. He's been really bad. But they got. They got some, and this is the type of deal we were talking about. They can score a lot of runs, so be bad and score some runs and have about three pitchers that are pretty quality. And then other than that, let the four and five hitters just be gas cans and try and win 12 to 10. I mean, we saw that, what, first week of the season. They were they were putting up slow-pitch softball scores and losing games. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of kind of a carryover of that, but they're finding a way to scrape by. They're finding a way to win these games. They're finding a way to get it done. Uh, like I said, they, they could very well still be, you know, that 75 win area. But I mean, you go back and listen to our preview show uh, for the season. I think 75 would have been pie in the sky pipe dream type of type of season for the Rangers. Yeah. So we'll have to see what uh, continues going on uh, with them. And I will, I would like to watch them more. I also would like to watch the mass more. But guess what? The Bally Sports app has to be. We talked to. We've trashed the ESPN app. The ESPN app is like a gold standard app if you're trying to watch on the Bally Sports app. Oh really? Oh my! I just like you. It is any TV in my house. I cannot cast it to any TV. It just is like loading forever on the Bally Sports app. Like literally impossible to cast a game on on the Bally sports app through TV. So you just have to watch it on your phone and I'm not like, whatever I'll, I'm out on that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I just, I, I have the MLB, um, package or whatever. So I just use yeah, their app. And there's mine. No, not for me. I haven't had any blacked out games yet for the Rangers. Oh, I don't watch the Rangers on there. Well, that's watch. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, if okay. You want to watch the Rangers. It's blacked out. Mm. The only, the, the games in Texas that are blacked out, were the Astros Yankees games not blacked out? Nope. Oh, because usually those are blacked out. Well, it depends where your where's your buddy. You get it from? You don't you get it from your friend? No, no, it's my no, it's my account. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's um, my account. Because usually, okay, um, usually the Texas teams are blacked out in Texas. But like, if you try and watch the Rangers on it, blacked out because you're you're here. Well, I do think two of the games were on ESPN. Okay, that's probably what it was then. Yeah. Um, for the Astros. Yeah. But yeah, no, the MLB TV is blacked out for the Rangers. So you can't because it's local and they want you to watch on there. And it's just the app is horrible, 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 horrible. Um, all right. Moving on. Have you been seeing the well, we have we didn't talk about it, but controversy in the Kentucky Derby. Have you been seeing Bob Baffert's comments uh, today on the Dan Patrick show? Uh, well, I did see, are you talking about the, I, so I, I didn't see it today. I'm assuming he made the, the comments today. Yes. He made a cut. Well, yesterday he said Was it about that, the, uh, the horse eating some hay. Oh no. Yeah, no, this was today. It says that the one issue, one test was created by a groom 
urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine and the horse ate some hay. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. That's a pretty crazy uh, and outlandish claim on a on a um, a horse how he tested positive. Yeah, that's uh, that's like the uh, the old uh, oh I got uh, I got a STD from the toilet seat. Yes, and it's also very funny that it seems to be like the same Bob Baffert's as horses. He's like, I don't know why my horses keep testing positive for steroids. I don't give them anything wrong. Well, buddy, if you're well, you. Someone's giving them something. Are they all eating court, uh, coughs, uh, cough, cough medicine? Hey, is that the issue? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, so here's where I, I land on two sides. I let, you know, there's, there's two thoughts I think here with, with Baffert. He's, he's had a, quite a few horses test positive for things, but he's also had a lot of horses win and do well without testing positive. So, you know, it's like, which, you know, it, and, and now obviously with uh, Medina Spirit, is that, that was the name, right? Um, yeah. That was a horse that wasn't expected. Nobody expected anything. I think the owner got it for like a thousand dollars. You know, they, they talk about, they talked about that quite a bit. He's had a couple horses where um, there's no reserve and the, the, the owners that get them, get them for a very, very small price. They give them to Baffert. All of a sudden they turn into race winning horses. So, you know, is it those ones that, that are, that are the only outliers and then he gets these studs and they don't have to do anything? Maybe so. But, you know, when it's a little bit of both, we always talk about, or everyone knows that bets horses, how dirty that sport is to begin with, uh, you know, between that and, uh, and, and, uh, actual bicycle racing, uh, you know, probably the two dirtiest sports in, in the world. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to really defend a guy. But it's also tough to, for me anyway, to uh, like, there's all these hardos, these horse racing hardos I've been seeing on Twitter, like gamblers, we got to stop giving our money to this sport. This sport is so dirty. The only way they're going to listen and stop is if you stop spending money at the track, blah, blah, blah. I was like, buddy, nobody's going to do that. People that are, you know, if, if like the casual sports fan will come out for the big three, obviously. Uh, but if you're a degenerate, if you're a gambler, you'll make your way out to Lone Star. You'll make your way out to Santa Anita in California. You'll make your way out to Del Mar on a, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe, you know, hit it up on the weekend with all the other casuals and you're going to spend your money. So, you know, whether it's dirty or not, guess what? Everyone's still going to spend their money and, and do as they please. Yeah, no. And uh, the Preakness is this weekend. He's supposed to run. Uh, this weekend in the Preakness, they said, and he's he also now Bob Baffert also tried to blame this the 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 uh, Churchill Downs statement on uh, it was cancel culture, cancel culture statement. I'm a, first of all, a horse if they tested positive for steroids, guess what? They're gonna say it tested positive for steroids. It's not cancel. We're not. How can you cancel a horse? I mean, into his Like you're just you cannot cancel culture. Medina spirit. Like that's just terrible. I do feel bad though, for the people like they're not going to get paid out, but this horse that finished second was like a 20 to one long shot. Yeah. Or a 25 to one. And if they had people that had, they're showing their tickets of like the exactas with Medina's with Medina spirit would have got second and like all that, like people lost some big time money on this. Um, potential uh big time winnings that is for sure so i i do feel bad for those people but guess what you ain't getting your money and they ain't taking your money if, if they paid you out 
But again, if you're betting horses, like you should know, like if if you're put, like, no, I said, I, but I'm saying I, I no, it the, does suck. Like it the, does suck. But the but the hardcore guys, they know that. Mm. That I'm I mean more to the hardcore guys, the ones that you were saying were like, oh, we need to take our like. I think most of those guys, yeah, they're gonna be mad, like oh, cause they'll make the joke and I still get paid. But it's like boxing, you know, yeah. boxing is there's a lot of fishy outcomes in boxing. Yeah, people tend to still watch boxing a little bit. I watched some this weekend. Did you? I I did not watch any this weekend. Yeah. Um. But, uh, like, there's always outcomes that are questionable on that, and everyone's like, they do the same thing with, what, Teddy Atlas rants on ESPN right after. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He's ranting the next fight. He doesn't stop. <laughs> People still watch. Yep. So, um, but, uh, yeah, all right, little NFL here. So the schedule comes out Wednesday. Peter King in his Football Morning in America article on NBC Sports so Tampa Bay obviously gets the first game of the season on that Thursday night. So he's hearing or this his speculation, and I would say, as much as sometimes we've clowned on Peter King, he definitely knows what's going on in the sport with all this type of stuff because he's so well connected. He thinks that the two finalists to to play Tampa Bay on the Thursday night are going to be the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Cowboys. Yeah, I did see that the Cowboys might be might be uh, the one kicking off against the Bucks. So I think it's the Bucks or um, the, or they they said it's the Cowboys or the Bills, which makes sense because their other uh, home games are obviously they probably want to save the division game for TV later. And the Saints, what's the the Saints don't really have a big draw right now because Breeze. They have the Falcons, Panthers. Not that the Giants. Okay, you get New York in there, but then the other games are the Dolphins and the Bears. I don't; those don't really. Maybe the Bears, but uh, don't know. So it really is a good chance that it's going to be the Cowboys or the Bills. I feel like. I think the Cowboys would be a great draw. Um, you know, I the Bills. I think it's I think it's better when it's interconference, not when you're cro- that, not yeah. when you're crossing conferences. If because I mean, what is it really going to mean down the road? Nothing uh, really. Um, if anything, I really like when it's in division. I mean, I think the Bucks Falcons would be a great kickoff. Uh, you know, the Falcons obviously add Kyle Pitts and to put him on display. Uh, you know, week one, game one, all eyes on him. Uh, you know, Falcons obviously getting a new coach. I think that would be great, um, but if it is going to be the Bucks or 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 the the only other one would be a Super Bowl rematch would be you know Bucks Chiefs that that'd be the other one that I would that I'd be on bar on board for. But outside of that, I think Bucks Cowboys would be will be the better selection of the two there. And yeah, I don't know if the Bills are just because it's like it goes back to Tom's Patriots days, but it's like can we get over that already? Like you know, it's it's it, he won a Super Bowl. He's now a full season removed. Like, OK, he used to play in the AFC East. We get it. Let's just keep it in conference. Yeah, but the Bills won 13 and three last year. No doubt. No, I I look the Bills are very, very good. And I think they're going to repeat as as the uh, division winners in that uh, division again. But it's just like, I don't know, doesn't have a lot of luster for me. Like, I'd, I'd like to see Bills Steelers or Bills Chiefs or Bills, you know, some again, somebody that's in the, the AFC with them. All right. I think I've. All right, I I think the Bills would be great. You the the hot you could, they're the hot trendy pick to knock off the Chiefs, aren't they in the AFC? Yeah. So I you get you get them against the Super Bowl champs on on night one. Not that 
whatever happens in week one shapes your whole season. But I think that's a good – I mean, you already know a Sunday night game this year is going to be uh, Tampa at New England. Mm-hmm. Brady's return, so we already got to get prepared for that. What do you think the uh, Thanksgiving game is going to be? I think I got – they always could do – the. they've been doing the division – Thanksgiving game, but I only feel like that's when it's Washington. Am I wrong on that? I don't uh, think really the Eagles or Giants play them on Thanksgiving. No, they always open the season with the Giants. Um, yeah, that's always a first. Yeah, they tend to. Um, I've already seen uh, something coming out of Washington that they don't believe that they'll be playing them uh, on Thanksgiving this year. So that's out. Um, you know, that, that obviously, again, just speculative. <clears throat> Maybe they play the Eagles, but um, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't know who who Thanksgiving could be this year. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be Washington because I don't think they want to do Washington Dallas back to back years on Thanksgiving. They they have before, have they? Yeah. All right. Um, but I think they. I think the. I think the chances are either going to be. I think it's Denver, Vegas, or Arizona. Um, the other two could be Atlanta or Carolina. They played Carolina before. I think the TV is when it's on CBS this year, so that's one of the CBS Cowboy games, and CBS is going to want the Cowboys on. Um, uh, CBS wants the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, so there is a little flex scheduling of like, oh, we could take a cross game from like a NFC team, but I I think it's going to be either the Broncos or the Raiders on Thanksgiving is what I think it is, or maybe Arizona if they work out that cross scheduling game. That's what I think it's going to be. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and I th- I'm going to make another Cowboys schedule prediction. I think Sunday night, I think their first game is going to be at the Chargers on like either a 425 or like a Sunday night game at um at uh at in LA at SoFi Stadium. I feel like that that's got some week one like a big viewership, like national audience. Everyone loves the Chargers, Justin Herbert, everything ahead. Um. And I think that might be a that could be a week one game. I don't know though. That's a little off off from the normal Giants. Last year they faced the Rams in in LA uh, with the first uh, first game in that stadium. But who knows what uh, what that will do? But the schedule comes out Wednesday, and we will talk about that on Thursday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. All right, one more. Th- I have one more thing before we uh, wrap up. Uh, did you see who won the golf tournament this week? Um, yes, I did. I did see. Why can't I remember who it was? Um, but I did see it. Don't tell me. Okay, I forget who it was. It was Rory. Yes, yeah, that's why I knew it. I knew, yeah, Cause, yeah, because it's the, it's the, this is the only tournament he wins. It's the third time he's won it. It's the only tournament he wins. Well, he's won uh, nineteen times. Yeah, but this is the only one as of late that he wins. For yeah, he hasn't. This was his first win in eighteen months. Yeah, exactly. I know because he stinks. He was going through a rough patch. Yeah, it's called the rest of his career. <laughs> no, but uh, so he won. He's back. Oh. He uh, is getting some swing tips or taking some lessons, whatever. Seeing his instructor Pete Cowan, a new a new voice in there. He's hitting a fade off the tee, except on eighteen when he almost hooked that left in the water. Um, but uh, he's back, and this is I will say this is peak. This is peak Rory, though, because he's not playing this week here in Dallas, the Byron Nelson, which is in Craig Ranch. First time they're having the Byron Nelson there. Um, 
the next tournament is the PGA Championship, which is at Kiowa. And the last time it was at Kiowa, he won by eight shots. So this is peak Rory. He's already now the odds-on favorite for the PGA Championship, which... Please. But it's an odds thing. Like, he was 20-1 to 1 going into this week because he was playing bad. And it's an odds. Like, you're not going to keep... Like, the books... As much as the odds-on favorite is, it's also the books protecting themselves. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, he moved down to 10-1 to 1 because, obviously, everybody that bet him at... Uh, at Wells Fargo this past week, whatever, you'd be like, oh, guess what? Rory won two weeks ago. He's back at Kiowa where he's won before and feels pretty comfortable. He feels comfortable at Quail Hollow. I mean, the, the symmetry is 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 there that he can win. And so obviously they're going to plummet down his his uh, his thing. It's the same thing that happened with Spieth at uh, Augusta. Yeah. He started the season out at like 45 to 1. And then kept crawling his way down. It was like twenty to one going into San Antonio. And then when he won in San Antonio, or going into Sunday when he had the lead, he was like twelve to one at Augusta. I mean, that's what the odds are. Yeah, but I would, I would probably be more willing to bet that he just doesn't even make the cut at the PGA. I'm not gonna. I'm. I would have said he would have not made the cut, but then I, I mean, I was watching yesterday. He looked, he looked good. Like he putted well, and I know he does really well at that course, but he de- it looked like he was definitely just more he was more trusting or something. He knew what was going on. He he looked he looked good yesterday. And it was tough because on Saturday, I uh, I bet Keith Mitchell at twenty eight to one to win, uh, and he was second. He got or he got third, um, solo third. So I was hoping for they were in the final group. I was like, man, this is really tough here. I got my boy. Uh, Rory going here, but I bet on Keith Mitchell at 28 to one. This is like, I was pulling for Keith Mitchell, um, but uh, it was tough, but it was good to see Rory back in the, uh, in the winner circle yesterday, get some confidence going for him. Uh, I'll agree to disagree <laughs> to get off the mat. I don't even know if Brooks is playing next week. Uh, he's got a big match coming up at the uh, U S open. Yeah. Well, is he going to be healthy for that? Uh, I don't know. He's playing left-handed, so I don't know. I know, but his knee. He hasn't yeah. played since the Masters with his knee. And I even said, I know it's the Masters, and you missed it with your knee. That could have been way worse than playing. Definitely probably did more harm than good for his knee. Agreed. Didn't he miss the cut, I think? For the Masters? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what the, that didn't really... That really didn't do anything else. And then one other golf thing was that uh, one of one of one of the uh, friend of the show, Austin Smotherman, he won his first ever Corn Ferry event yesterday, uh, so that was very exciting. And now he's up to nineteenth on the money list, which top twenty five get their PGA Tour cards for next year. So he's got to hold on here for about three more months. Um, so hopefully he gets his uh, tour card. So that was uh, exciting there. Yeah, that's cool. Good for him. Hopefully he holds on. Uh, spent a little time with uh, our boy Siwoo Kim's caddy this weekend. Oh, yeah? How's that? Uh, him a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was cool. His caddy's uh, a nice guy, uh, funny dude. Uh, likes to get after it a little bit as well. Um, he's moving down. He, he lives in San Antonio, I believe, right now. Uh, he's moving here in the next couple months. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, when I get up here, you know, we'll have to we'll j- jump on the course. And I was like, Poof, I mean, I don't know. And <laughs> he goes, uh, 
why where you hit it i said everywhere but straight he said all right we can we can deal with that it can still be some fun and i said all right if you're down with that i'm down with it and so uh, we'll see if we can get uh some stories from the links there and uh i told him i was like hey once you're down here i know a guy if you guys need, need to get on trinity or merido they always look for big time pga guys so i may have uh put you in a tough spot there well that didn't put me in a tough spot i don't think yeah. see who was okay. playing this week yeah uh, did you ask him about him breaking the putter at the Masters? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't uh, mention that. I kind of knew the whole story behind it anyway, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring it up. But uh, no, yeah, he said he's a he's a wild, wild dude. You should have just got more confirmation. Brooks is actually playing this weekend. He's actually here in Dallas. He's going to be playing the Byron Nelson this week. Yeah, I'm looking at the field. Um, but yeah, Siwoo. Uh, God, I wonder. If... Such a mild mannered guy. At least it seems like. And he's out here just smashing, smashing clubs left. And right. I mean, not even just like that was a good break. Yeah, you know, it was the but uh, we talked about it. But the most amazing thing still about that was that he then he shot like even par in the last like four holes. Yeah, put putting with, with the three wood. <laughs> yeah, which is that's an amazing uh, that's an amazing feat there. But yeah, uh, might have right, to give that any, a shot. Yeah, yeah, you might have to give that a shot. Do you have anything else before we wrap up? We got the uh, FCS championship locked up. It is yep. going to be uh, South Dakota State and Sam Houston State, who obviously, again, I said they might do it, but at halftime didn't look like they were going to. They were down, I think, 27-3 at half against James Madison, come roaring back and beat James Madison outright, which was a wild, wild game. I don't know if you saw any of it, uh, but uh, I don't know if you watched the South Dakota State game either, but Delaware, the quarterback, the Delaware quarterback, like, I'm sure you've watched plenty of sporting events where you just feel bad for a guy that yeah. poor dude. I mean, it was snap the ball. One look that, if that looks, looks not there. You're getting sacked. Cause I mean, they just, they were on him like white on rice and a paper plate in a snowstorm. Like it was unreal. The, the pass rush for South Dakota state, uh, the Delaware lineman just had no answers. You could have had seven linemen against their four pass rushers or five pass rushers, and somebody was still going to get to the quarterback. I mean, that guy, would, he, he he even got knocked out of the game for a little bit, had to leave, came back in, which I don't know why. He would I would have been like, you know what? Y'all are on your own. I, I gave it my best shot, and all I'm doing out here is just getting worn out. But uh, that was a tough, tough game for him. Uh, shout out to him because he, he he really tried to tough it out all the way to the end. But, yeah, so we got the final there with, uh, with like I said, South Dakota State and Sam Houston State. So we'll preview that on Thursday, I'm assuming. Yeah, number one versus number two. Yep. In yep. the rankings. So a chalky. Chalk. A, a, a chalky boy spring for the FCS championship. Yeah, I tried to go, you know, off the beaten path. I went with Jacksonville State and, and James Madison. James Madison almost snuck in there, but uh, – but uh, you know, chalk it is. The the Dakotas gotta represent always in the FCS. But all right, that will do it for us here on this Monday. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday.